Hi, welcome. I'm John McCloskey, Vice President of Elected Medical Sales for Leading Response, and I have the pleasure of having Dr. Michael Carberry, uh, founder of Advanced Medical Integration. Uh, Advanced Medical Integration uh, has over 600 practices that they teach on how to integrate regenerative medicine into their practice, and they have the business and marketing uh, tactics to help uh, make these practices successful. So, uh, welcome, Dr. Carberry. Thank you. Thanks so, for having me. He's also the author of the book of the Death of American Healthcare, which I'm reading now, and pretty disturbing, uh, but you know, eye-opening information and. I guess my, my question is, you know, we're a society that wants instant relief. And I think it's part of the, the challenge with, with our, you know, healthcare system, uh, you know, between prescription drugs, diet, just our habits. But you're optimistic in your book that you're, we're going to be able to overcome this. So oh, we will. What, uh, you know, why do you think that and, and how are we going to find a solution to all this? Um, what has happened over the years is we've been kind of educated for healthcare by the industries who profit from it that health is feeling good and you should do something to just feel good. And it wasn't improving function. It was decreasing symptoms. And I think America has become educated through seeing tragedies in their own families um, and in their own personal lives that covering up symptoms is not the way to health. So they're looking for different answers. That plus the fact that you know, the Affordable Care Act, when it got passed, it drove the cost of health care up by 33 percent in 10 years. So it wasn't very affordable. Um, and Americans are paying more out of pocket now for health care than they've ever paid. So Americans are looking for different answers. And they're looking for somebody who can fix them or help their body fix itself. And that's where our emphasis is. Okay, so we're going to give out the uh, first 10 people that register. We're going to give you a complimentary copy of Dr. Carberry's book. Uh, but I did want to congratulate you for making the Inc. 5000 list as for the fastest growing companies. I think this is like the third year. Third year, but we have multiple companies, so we've won five Inc. 5000 list awards. So what are you doing differently in uh, you know, practice growth and consulting that, that you're, to get these distinctions? Uh, it's funny because the emphasis, you know, when people expand their practice, they do it for multiple reasons. But, um, you know, doctors usually become doctors because they have a passion to help people. But then they get in this business and it beats them up and they're not doing so well. So they'll look for a way to make more money. But they don't want to sacrifice what they're doing for their patients. So personally, that was my biggest fear. If I integrated my practice, which when I did it, it was very little integration. This was back in 1996. And I had a very large practice. I didn't want to do something just for money and sell out my beliefs. So we established three rules that I followed in my own business, and we've carried that over to AMI. And that is, it's got to be good for the patient, it's got to be compliant, and then it can be profitable. And by having that philosophy where you're patient-centric first, the funny thing is the money just follows that because the patients know when you're actually caring about them more than you're caring about your Porsche payment or your, your boat payment. And so if you focus on the patient, they respond and they come and they bring other people. So I, I work with a lot and speak with a lot of practices, either chiropractic or MDDO based that they tell me they're integrating and then they're going to start their external marketing and they have no guidance or coaching. They're, they're being uh, told by their product supplier or manufacturer's rep that this is the way to go. And then most of them fail. You know, how can you help? practices integrate successfully? My background before I got involved in chiropractic was in sales. I have a marketing degree. I work for a Fortune 500 company. Um, I was exposed to that type of environment. So the whole time when I got hurt and I decided to change my career against everybody's advice and go back to school, um, I've always had in the back of my mind, 
and I have to make it big. I have to, like, if I'm going to make an effect in healthcare, I have to get a lot of people to get this type of healthcare. So I've always had expansion as part of my goal. And I know that expansion involves systems. And so my wife and I are very big on systems. We actually did, the, um, we, we read um, Michael Gerber's books, uh, The E-Myth. We actually f uh, contacted E-Myth Worldwide years ago and did a two-year mastery program with them and wrote systems for two years so we could have multiple practices. And the year we finished that, we were able to open up three practices in one year in a state we didn't live in because of the systems. So what we bring to the table is systems. Certainly, I had to figure this out on my own. I spent a fortune, millions of dollars on how to figure it out. And I'm sure there's a lot of smart people out there that can do that. But there's smarter people that realize, why would I have to go through all that when I could just use systems that have been proven to work that get people well? It's patient-centric, it's, it's compliant, and it's profitable. So that's the people that sign on with us. We make it easier for them. And uh, we work together on, we market uh, the seminars or the talks yeah. for a lot of your practices. Uh, it's a big part of generating production for medical practices, and your practices seem to be more successful in conversion from the events. So tell us how you got involved with doing the public patient seminars or talks, as you, you call them, and why they work so well for you. Well, we reverse engineered AMI because we knew what are the obstacles these doctors are going to have, what are the barriers that are going to prevent them from being successful, and then we created systems to train them on those things. We know that public speaking is a fear. So we do training on that. We know that sales is a fear. Having somebody ask for money that's not the doctor, because we don't advocate the doctor ever ask for money. Um, so training that person on how to handle objections. I got to think about it. I got to talk to my wife. So we teach that stuff. We know that, <coughs> excuse me, to be compliant, if they're going to do a medical practice, the medical people have to know how to do the systems. So we have trainings every month for the medical people to come in and learn how to diagnose upper cross and lower cross syndrome and how to be able to treat it effectively use, utilizing medical procedures, chiropractic procedures, and physical therapy procedures. Um, so we teach all that. That's why it's a good fit. You know, we, we set up the, the prospects or the potential patients demographically, and then you teach them how to actually present and convert. But uh, the question, does, does a doctor, in order to do public talks, do they need to be like born with it? Or can you systematically teach somebody that's uncomfortable about getting in front of a room on how to speak and, and convert? Um, I will tell you this. My experience has been this. Everybody who's a good pu public speaker was not a good public speaker when they started. They were petrified of it. Very few exceptions to that rule. There are some fantastic public speakers where I, I am a good public speaker, and I was petrified of it like I couldn't eat for days if I knew I was going to have to public speak. And I would be like a nervous wreck, losing sleep, sometimes getting sick based on the fact that I had to public speak. But I overcame those fears, and I know how I did it. And I know it's from the passion of what I do that helped me overcome that. So that's what we do is we teach that. I believe you can learn that, and you can learn sales. Sales is not an art. There are people who are gifted in that, in that line, but sales really is a science. It's getting people out of thinking about it in the cortex of their brain, like Simon Sinek talks about, and getting them into the part of the brain that can make decisions, and that's the emotional part. So if you speak from the heart, you actually contact with people. When you do, it works. So we teach all this, and we've had people say, I never thought I'd be good at this, but I am. Uh, one, of the, one of the biggest challenges I have when I speak with a doctor is to where to hold their events. Most of them you know, want to do it in their office or at a hotel and, and try to save money, but you know, one of the blessings of, of, of being able to market for your doctors is 
we found in the million events that we've marketed that the restaurants and providing a meal are the best venues, and you found that as well. Uh, what do you know that about that that other doctors or other organizations just aren't getting? It's kind of like this: when you when you let's say you're going to have to meet with. Uh, um, somebody in the mafia, you're not going to want to do that in their office. <laughs> you're going to want to do it in a public place. That's how prospects look at you when you're trying to, to market to them. If you say, come to my office, they're like, well, I might never get out of that office. So, oh, come to this neutral place where we're having a dinner with a friend of yours, they're much more open to that idea. So we try to have it on neutral ground. I first discovered this because I would have these venues in my office and then an imaging place opened up three doors down and I found out the imaging place opened because they knew how busy I was and they wanted my business. So I started talking to the owner and he's like, we have a, a meeting room that you guys can use. We started having venues there, a lot more attendance. And it was because it was in neutral ground. They knew they weren't going into my office, they're going into an imaging place. So then we started realizing if we do it in a nice restaurant that has a private room, it's even better. So that's why we do that. We, we know that it, you got to picture that patient has been abused or ripped off by somebody in the past through sales, and they're looking at you as the next person who's going to rip them off. So you got to have it neutral, a neutral place so they feel comfortable and get to know you, and then they trust you. Brilliant. I mean, that's, it's just, you know, it seems like it's common sense, but we have to spend a lot of time showing it's actually less expensive when you factor in your cost for yeah. reservation. And, and trust me, I learned that the hard way. I'm not some brilliant guru. I had to learn that the hard way. So. <laughs> So other than like my questions I get asked by a doctor is, you know, what is my response going to be? The other most popular question I get is, you know, what type of production am I going to do after I do these, host these seminars or, or these talks? Uh, your practices seem to be converting at a, at a higher level. Uh, we're typically getting 25 to 30 people, which bring, when you bring husband and wife in, it's probably 15 to 18 potential patients. What are you seeing and what are you doing to train your practices on how to convert at a higher level? Well, we recognize that conversion is a series of agreements. So when you go to a lecture, the first agreement is getting somebody to show up to the lecture. That's the product. Uh, the second agreement is when they're at the lecture, getting them to agree to come into your office, not to sell them on care. So we teach our guys this. Don't try to say, I can cure you, I can fix you at the venue. Try to, you got to look at them first. That makes more sense and it's more credible. So we break it down into a series of agreements. When they come in for that first visit, the goal there is to get them to, to pay for an exam or have their insurance pay for an exam because we don't know if we can help them. And we're, we'd be losing credibility if we said, oh, we can help everybody. We can't. We don't, we'd have to find out. Once we get them to agree to that, uh, that exam and they've now invested in themselves, we bring them back for a report of findings. Now we have the data and we can be honest with them and say, yeah, hey, we can help you or no, we can't. And here's where you need to go. So it's a series of agreements that does that, and we have systems for all that. Well, they, are, they do seem to be converting higher. It's, it's, it's the training, and it, you've been able to make a systematic approach. A lot of the practices I speak with are telling me that, you know, as soon as the vaccines take effect, we're going to start marketing a lot. You know, but you have practices that we're marketing for that are thriving during COVID. Yep. So what do you tell your practices that say oh, they, that they want to wait? Well, um, I, we tell them that, that you're an essential business and you need to be out there marketing. You need to be telling people why it would be safe for you to come into their practice and why they should address their health concerns. I just saw a study this week that said, it's interesting, you know, there's been this whole fight of shutting down gyms, but when you looked at the statistics, people are more likely to avoid COVID going to a gym than anywhere else. Like this, the, the statistics of who gets infected going to a gym is like almost negligible. 
you got to realize when somebody's being physically active with their body, they're building their immune system and making more white blood cells, which increases their immunity. So people who are doing stuff to address their health during COVID are more safe than people who do not. I can't tell. Like, I, I do a workout called Orange Theory. I mean, yeah. I'm addicted. And if I didn't have that during this time, I mean, we're working from home. Like, it's sometimes my only my only you know group experience yeah. but i just yeah i have had stem cell therapy i mean i i understand the benefits of you know of, of taking care of yourself and it's just baffling that that was the first thing they shut down but just a couple of more questions uh grant cardone uh brandon dawson they're no stranger to financial services and you've actually partnered with uh grant and to and brandon and what I, from the research I've, I've done, that they've helped uh, healthcare companies and practices earn exponentially more multiples on, on their EBITDA. How did you get involved with Grant Cardone and, and what are you doing with them and how can that help some of the practices that uh, will be, on, be watching this? Well, we could say it was luck or we could say it was fortune, but actually it was my wife. My wife was driven. She said, we're going to meet this guy, Grant Cardone, and she had a plan to do it. So she figured out how to buy really expensive tickets to one of his venues and we got right up front and we got to meet Grant and we got to interview him. And uh, when he heard what we were doing, he was very much in favor of us trying to end the opioid crisis and help people get well uh, without those types of drugs. So he really wanted to work with us. Um, we didn't know about Brandon Dawson. He brought Brandon Dawson to one of our events that we asked him to speak at. And Brandon uh, has taken small businesses specifically run by doctors, uh, audiologists and dentists and elevated them to a level by putting business, uh, sound business practices into the doctor's office, things that doctors are very bad at. So when he met us, he looked at us and said potential, and I looked at him and said potential, and uh, it just clicked. There was a synergy there, and um, Brandon and Grant want to help us bring our guys to a level where we can actually have representation in Washington and change healthcare, shifting it away from symptom-based to more function-based. So that it's a win-win for everybody, the public, our doctors, us, um, Cardone Ventures, you know, everybody wins in this model. Maybe not so much the drug companies, maybe not so much some of the, uh, the hospitals, but everybody else. You know, the, the, the war is won slowly, but it's being won. So I have one question for, more question for you, but if, if you're interested in getting in touch with Dr. Carberry, all you have to do is click here and we'll uh, sync you over to them. Uh, my last question is what are the, can you give like three essential tips to some of these practices on you know what they need to do to scale the practices up uh, as we move away from COVID to get back to 2019 production? Yes, they have to train themselves to be leaders because if you scale yourself up, you're going to do that with more people. You can't do it with less people. So you have to become a good leader. And most of us don't know how to be good leaders. So you have to do that. You have to, especially post-COVID, let people know they're not going to get infected in your office and take the steps to do that. And we have systems for all that. And then you have to be able to create a culture that it, it actually infuses in your, in your employees so that it's not just you making the practice grow. That when people come in, when clients come in and they engage with your employees, they get an experience similar as if they were engaging with you. If you can do that, and we have systems to do that, that's how you grow exponentially. That's how you all of a sudden have multiple practices. You know, it's, to me, when I walk into my practice and somebody walks up and shakes my hand and says, you know, this happened to me, I was in my practice yesterday. <coughs> Excuse me. And people were saying, thank you. Thank you for creating this. And I'm like, how'd you know I created it? Oh, I've seen you on a video in the office. And then other people started saying, who is that? Oh, that's the guy. And then all of a sudden they're all clapping for me. And I never met any of them before. 
to create that, you have to have systems in place, and that's what we're teaching. Excellent. Well, we've been with Dr. Michael Carberry, uh, founder of Advanced Medical Integration. If you want to get in touch with Dr. Carberry, all you have to do is click here. If you want to get in touch with Leading Response, click here as well. I appreciate your time, and all the best in 2021.